Okay, it's time now for a business update with Charles Pellegrin, our business up, uh, our business editor. Uh, Charles, you're starting with a tough day uh, of negotiating on the agenda in Brussels. EU energy ministers then are meeting to discuss a price cap on Russian oil and natural gas. Absolutely, and these are, are two uh, separate proposals that they will uh, be discussing. Uh, the oil price cap uh, proposal comes from the G7, and it would set the price for Russian crude at 65 to $70 a barrel. The natural gas price cap is a EU initiative, and this uh, this one, as it stands, sets the ceiling at 275 euros per megawatt hour. And as it turns out, both of these proposals are attracting their uh, fair share of criticism, Aaron. Now, before we get into those criticisms, Charles, tell us more about the natural gas uh, price cap. There are conditions to the ceiling that have been set. That's right. The proposed uh, cap is set at 275 euros per megawatt hour, but only if it hits that level on trading exchanges for two consecutive weeks. And only if within those same two weeks, the benchmark price for European liquefi liquefied natural gas goes over 58 euros per megawatt hour for 10 days. And it's partly the fact that all these strings are attached that has created resentment at the proposal within the bloc. The main criticism, though, is that many consider that ceiling to be too high and that, they e and that even when gas prices were at their highest in August, this cap wouldn't have been activated as prices didn't remain at that level for two straight weeks. Spain's ecological transition minister has called the proposal a joke. And that will cause even more inflation. Criticisms are also coming in from the industry side, with energy traders saying that implementing such a mechanism would drive up the price of insuring these gas contracts. They estimate that they'll have to stump up an extra 33 billion euros in margin payments, which could lead to market distortions. And finally, other countries led by Germany believe that they're, they believe that they're is, should be no such intervention on the market. Economy Minister Robert Habeck saying in the press this Thursday that he was skeptical of a fixed price cap. He denied that Germany was uh, blocking the proposal, however. Uh, Charles, we have to move on to the markets now. Can you take us through how they're faring in Europe and in Asia? Absolutely. Uh, look, let's see how the main European bourses have uh, opened this Thursday. Investors weighing contrasting pieces of information. Uh, the release of minutes from the Federal Reserve's November meeting suggests a, a slower rate hikes in the future, in the, as the central bank is seeing progress in the fight against inflation, but also economic indicator, indicators uh, which signal the eurozone has entered a recession. As we can see, the FTSE in London staying flat, Paris Kekalon up by a tenth of a percent. Uh, let's go to Asia now, where the release of the Fed minutes driving, is driving up shares in Asia, except in Shanghai. This says cities around the country are imposing uh, localized lo lockdowns to deal with the rise in COVID infections. We can see the, the Nikkei in Tokyo, Tokyo up almost a percent. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong up almost two-thirds of a percent. And the Kospi in Seoul up almost a percent as well. All right, Charles, one of the biggest, uh, world's biggest sporting brands could be on sale, and it's already attracting many potential buyers. That's right. Manchester United, the iconic uh, football, uh, English football club, rich in trophies, though not so much lately, and assets as well, uh, could be the next club on the market. The American Glazer family, which also owns some franchises in the U.S., bought the club back in 2005 and says it's exploring strategic opportunities and alternatives and could sell it for over four billion pounds. Leo McGuinn has the details. One of the world's most iconic sports brands potentially for sale. On Tuesday, Manchester United's owners, the Glazer family, 
announced that they were exploring options to sell the club. News that was met with delight by Manchester United fans. Um, very happy to hear the news. Um, working at United Pub, I see how disgruntled that the fans are about the Glazers owning the club and uh, possibly stopping United from succeeding. Malcolm Glazer acquired the club in 2005 at a cost of just over a billion dollars, with his sons Joel and Avram Glazer soon taking over proceedings due to Malcolm's ill health. And despite early success on the pitch, Offit has been anything but smooth sailing. Most of the capital used by the Americans to purchase Manchester United came in the form of loans, secured against the club's assets, which has left Man United with debt of over $500 million. Coupled with a perceived lack of investment and a relative lack of success on the pitch in the last seven or eight years, Clan and Rest has continued to grow over the course of their ownership, which has led to several mass protests demanding that the Glazers sell the club. Despite a tumultuous 17-year stint, the club has quadrupled in value. While only the 19th most valuable sports team in the world, the club is still worth $4.6 billion, according to Forbes. The Glazers will be hoping to attract more than that. There are several early frontrunners to buy the club. The favourite, Jim Radcliffe, one of Britain's richest men. The billionaire owner of Ineos is from Manchester and supported the club growing up. The 70-year-old previously said that if the iconic club was ever put up for sale, he would definitely be a potential buyer. For a while, Aaron, another potential buyer that people thought was interested in the club was Elon Musk, just because, of course, he made a joke that wasn't serious on Twitter. Well, the Twitter buy wasn't supposed to be serious originally <laughs> either, so who knows uh, what surprises he could have for us. Charles Pellegrin with Business, thank you very much.